On today's episode of the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast, I'm going to be talking to you about modal operators of necessity or possibility. You really should listen to this one. You are listening to the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast, a show devoted to uncovering the systems and the secrets that set the best apart, where you learn how to take your coaching clients to the next level while you grow the coaching practice of your dreams. So sit back and relax, or sit up and get excited. Either way, you might want to pay attention. This could be important. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about talking to yourself and others. It's actually, you know, NLP... Neurolinguistic programming, we've talked about before, is um, we like to say language is our middle name because it's neuro-linguistic programming. So one of the things that we've talked about in the past, you probably remember if you've been following along, is, is things like good questions you ask yourself, questions you can ask other people, like how specifically do you get there, you know, meta-model questions. But there's also a field, uh, an area of study in the world of NLP that's called modal operators of necessity and possibility. It's a bit of a mouthful. I'll just say it again. It's modal operators of necessity and possibility. Um, you know, John Grinder, one of the two founders of NLP, was a, a linguist at uh, University of Santa Cruz. So, you know, it, he wanted it to sound somewhat technical, and it is, but it's also accurate. So, you know, you got that going for you. Um, what a modal operator is, something we, we do this all the time. We say these all the time. You say them all the time. Your clients say them all the time. And it's useful to recognize them and be able to listen for them and perhaps challenge them to see if there's a better way of talking to yourself. So as an example, Tony Robbins, one of my first teachers of NLP, um, used to say, if you can't, you must. You know, so if you see, if you catch yourself saying something like, oh, I can't do that, well, then you must do it. So he wanted to change and chain the modal operator from if I can't, that's a modal operator, I can't do this, to I must do this. And then he said, and if I must, then I will. So these three words are modal operators. I can't, I must, I will. So there's a whole bunch of modal operators, this whole stack of them. You've probably heard people say things like, you know, I should really get around to, uh, you know, changing that behavior. I, sh- I should. Another phrase people have said, you've got to stop shoulding all over yourself. You know, change your shoulds into musts. But what's also interesting is that the way people talk to themselves while there are certainly commonalities, certainly universals, um, people are still different. You know, people are still different. Tony Robbins apparently is extremely motivated when he says to himself, I must do that. Right? Try that out for size for you for a second. Think of something that you should do. Maybe you as a coach should, uh, you know, redesign your website. Uh, Maybe you should, you know, do various things to get your business better. And you really, you know, should do it, but you haven't done yet. Can you think of something like that? Maybe it's a website. Maybe it's a marketing campaign. Maybe it's email. Whatever it might be for you, going on a diet, not getting off a diet, you know, whatever it might be. Think of something that you should do. And just picture that in your mind for a moment. Picture yourself 
updating that website, sending out that mailer, whatever it might be, picture that in your mind, and then say to yourself, I should do that. And see how motivating that feels. How motivated are you when you see that picture in your mind of yourself doing that campaign and saying, yeah, I should do that. I'm waiting. You you don't, well, you know, probably I can't hear you anyway. So I'll just carry on. Um, let's, let's, let's try something else on for size. Try the same, same visualization, picture the same thing and say to yourself, I must do that. I must do that. How's that feel? Which one is more compelling? Now odds are good. It's the second one that's more compelling. And part of the reason is there's a, a difference between a modal operator of, of necessity and a modal, op, modal, ap, modal operator of possibility. I can do it, doesn't mean I will do it. You know, if it's a no, modal operator of necessity, I must do this, I will do this, it's happening, I'm gonna get it done. If it's a possibility, it's like, yeah, I, I'd like to do that. We could do that, it might be fun, you know, that kind of thing, those are modal operators of possibility. But it's also really true that for other people, what motivates one person might not motivate someone else. So you need to pay attention to what motivates you. Now, we'll talk about another factor of communication, which we have also talked about before, which is tonality. We've talked about that in a previous podcast. Obviously, the way you say these things to yourself is going to make a huge difference too, isn't it? Like if I said, yeah, I should do that as opposed to, I should do that. Or as I could say, I must do that, as opposed to like, I must do that, I must. It's gonna be different. We'll get more to that in a little bit later, but let's try this one on for size. What if you think about that thing you should do, picture it in your mind, and instead of saying, I must do that, saying, I have to do that. Try, I have to do that. And see what that feels like. Feel what that feels like in your body. Do you feel more motivated, less motivated? It is certainly a modal operator of necessity, isn't it? I, I have to do that. I have to get the taxes done by, by April 15th, as an example in America, um, except for this year. But generally speaking, that's the sort of thing. We have to do it. Must be done. But is it motivating? When you talk to yourself that way, do you feel like, yes, I'm going to do it or mm, not so much? That's the question. And when you are a coach, you will be talking to people and they will be talking to, to you and to themselves about lots of things they should do, want to do, can do, must do. Listen for how they phrase those things, because perhaps the secret is unlocking the language. Maybe, possibly, it is in the language of how they're representing that activity to themselves as to whether or not it's actually going to happen, actually get done. So let's go a little further with this. I'd like you to think about that thing, picture that in your mind, and say to yourself, I want to do that. How's that feel? Now, keep in mind, what seems blatantly obvious to you, it's like, well, that would never work, or yes, that works. What's blatantly obvious to you might be very different for someone else. People are different. One of the challenges I, I've had with Tony Robbins in the past is that, you know, what works for him, he believes is going to work for everybody. You know, if you can't, you must turn your shoulds into musts and he pounds his chest and stuff, which is great. A lot of people, you know, fall right in line with that. That's great. 
it never worked for me personally. For me personally, the must thing didn't work. I don't know why. It just wasn't part of my vocabulary, I suppose. But when we, when I changed it to I, sh- I will do that or I should do that or I have to do that, um, not should, but the have to, have to and the I will and I'm doing that, it's going to get done. When I talked to myself like that, it got done. You know, I started to actually do those things. For me, the word must didn't work. It wasn't motivating. So you've got to have that internal check and, you know, proof is in the pudding. Do you get the job done? Is it actually happening? Are you turning your shoulds into, it's done now? <laughs> you know, that's a very good question to ask. So there are a whole slew, like I said before, of, of modal operators of necessity and possibility. And some of them are also negative. Like I can't do that. I couldn't do that. I shouldn't do that. I mustn't do that. I won't do that. I must never do that. You know, those kinds of things are in there as well. And so there, again, as a coach, you want to listen for what your clients are saying. And if they are saying to themselves, like, I can't do that, you want to ask questions like, well, what's stopping you? What happened if you did? Those questions are part of the meta model, which we've talked about before in previous episodes. But those are very essential questions to be able to ask your clients, if you hear them saying those modal operators, um, I can't do that, I shouldn't do that, I mustn't do that. Well, let's just stop and talk about that for a minute. What's stopping you? What would happen if you did? What won't happen if you don't? You can also ask kind of funny questions like that. What won't happen if you do? Now, the other thing, of course, to keep in mind, and I'm sure you are well aware of, way ahead of me on this one, is how you talk to yourself, not just the words that you say, but how you talk to yourself. There is a study done, I believe, by a fellow named Bert Whistle a long time ago that was um, often cited in the NLP world. And for the uh, truly well-studied people in the NLP world to say, well, that's a flawed study. It didn't mean anything about what we say that it means. And they're right. Um, The studies went on to say that the meaning of your communication is represented by 7% of your communication is the words that you choose to say, what words that you say. So should versus must, have to versus can't. You know, the words that you say, the communication is kind of about 7%. And we talked about this. I I know, I know I've said that again, but I'll just mention it briefly for those of you who have like, ah, that again, I'll just be very brief. So 38% of the communication is communicated by the tonality. If you said to yourself, I must do that versus saying like, I must do that and smack yourself on the chest. And the smacking of the chest is a 55% of physiology, how you stand, how you move, how you breathe, how you use your body when you're saying those things, it communicates a ton more. So as an example, if you can imagine a, 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 a spousal unit Let's just say, as an example, um, for my sake, um, my hus- my myself as a husband and my wife as, as the wife in this particular imaginary scenario, and imagine that um, her mother's coming to visit. Uh, so my, my mother-in-law is going to come stay with us at the house for a while. And just imagine what that might be like if I didn't you know, particularly love my 
mother-in-law. It's a, it's a classic situation that you can probably imagine at least. Um, it is purely imaginary, truly in my case. And nevertheless, pretend that's true. And pretend my wife says, hey, mom's coming to visit. And, and imagine that I say to her, oh my gosh, that's fantastic. I can hardly wait. Now, on the surface, those words are, you know, gosh, you could get a Hallmark card that says something, you know, like that. That's, that's a pretty nice thing to say. But what if, while I was saying those same words, uh, I said it kind of like, oh, God, that's great. Or it's going to be such a good time. And had a tonality like that happening. <laughs> wow. While I was saying that. And what if, to go further with this, I was making a very sour face on my face. It was a very sour kind of grimace on my face and, you know, um, shaking my head. No, Ugh, that kind of tonality. It's like, oh, great. This is going to be such a fine weekend. And I'm shaking my head now. Clearly, the words that I'm saying are being totally <laughs> circumcised. What's the word that word is? Um, by by my other than conscious communication, my my tonality and my body languages are screaming a very different message than what my seven percent of the words are. So that's an example of that. And I, again, I won't go any further than that. But think about this for a moment. Going back to the modal operators of necessity and possibility, we say. And by the way, just as an aside, I had a teacher once um, named Dave Dobson who who was around the NLP days, early early days of NLP with Bandler and Grinder. And he often noted that many NLP trainings would mention this 7%, 38%, 55% study, but then they'd spend all their time talking about that 7%. You know, all their teachings were about, you know, the words to say, and it was all focused on that. Um, he wanted people to have more of an other than conscious training, which is what he tended to do in his training. So it's very valuable for me to learn from him. And imagine this for a moment. Imagine that scenario of that picture, picturing the thing that you want to accomplish in your life. You should, should do it. Picture that same thing again. But we're going to use this phrase now. Instead of just I can or I should or I want to or I will or any modal operators, we're going to go a little further with this. I want you to say this phrase. I want you to picture that in your, in your mind. See it see it up there in your mind and then say to yourself i am absolutely positively 100 percent certain that i can do that say that to yourself i'm absolutely positively 100 percent certain that i can do that how's it feel good now say it but use this tonality say i am absolutely positively 100% certain that I can do that and say it like you are, you know, crying in your milk. Don't bother saying it. You know, obviously it's not going to be the same, is it? Not going to be the same at all. The tonality, the congruence of your vocaling, vocalizing you know, is, is, is very, very important. So now say it like this, say it like I am absolutely positively 100% certain that I can do it. Say it like that and, and, and really mean it. That feels different, doesn't it? 
Yeah, that feels different. Now do it the same tonality, but take your fist, either your left hand or your right hand, I don't care, or both, and just sort of say yes, you know, pounding the air while you say that. I am absolutely, positively, 100% certain that I can do it. You're pounding the air while you say it. Do it like that. Yes, I can do it. How's that feel? Now, say it. I don't know if you are old enough to remember Mighty Mouse. Uh, probably <laughs> Probably not. Probably. I am totally dating myself right here. Um, unless there was a sequel made a few years ago, but who knows? Maybe there was. I might have missed it. But Mighty Mouse was this um, this mouse uh, character, super Superman mouse, super mouse, um, who flew around like Superman did and Superwoman did, you know, the super people. And um, But he was a mouse. And but he's he had this uh, uh, cape just like Superman did and uh, a little outfit looked very good on him for a mouse you know and and he flew around he'd say um, here I come to save the day that means a mighty mouse is on the way um, that's kind of sort of how it went but when he did that he would take his right fist and it put it up in the air like you know S- Superman flying kind of thing he flies up. <laughs> And he, the, the left fist, if I recall correctly, would also be in a f- clamped fist, but he would sort of hold it up um, in a bent position against his chest. So the one fist would be up in the air, the other fist up like this, and then he'd start flying. Here I come to save the day. Boo! You know, and start flying away. So I want you to try that physiology. Try that mighty mouse physiology when you say, I can do it. And say it like you're declaring it to the multitudes from the top of Mount Everest or something, you know, just you're, you're shouting it out to the heavens. Okay. So I am absolutely 100%, no, what is it? Absolutely, positively, 100% certain that I can do it. Mighty Mouse. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Tonality, physiology makes the communication. Much, 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 much more so than the words themselves. Because you didn't say absolutely positively 100%. You said, like, I know, I for sure, I feel it, that I really can make this happen. It would still be the same. It's the same effect in your body, right? Still feel that same motivation, I think. Because this, you know, physiology and tonality would be so strong. Try it on for size. Try it on different, different words and tonalities. And then try this. I'm going to ask you to not even change 7%, We're maybe like 5%, 2%. I haven't ever done the, the percentages, but I want to add not even one whole different word. I'm going to add a, a NT, in a, an apostrophe. So I, I even actually, it's just a apostrophe T, just an apostrophe T. That's all we're going to add to the sentence, an apostrophe and a T. That's maybe 2% change. You know, we said 7% of the language. We're going to change much smaller bit than 7%. We're going to like 2% of the communication. But I want you to put an apostrophe T after the word can. So now the phrase goes, I am absolutely, positively, 100% certain that I can't do it. Now, again, you don't actually have to do that. But suffice it to say, I'm sure you caught on by now. That 7%, 2%, whatever percent would spoil the whole thing. And I don't care what Mighty Mouse 
posture you'd, you'd adapt. I don't care the tonality be like, I can't do it. It wouldn't be the same if you said I can't do it. It's not going to work. So the 7% is important too, isn't it? How you say what you say, the modal operators that motivate you are important. Especially since, you know, let me tell you a little story. I used to travel the country doing these seminars for the John Morgan's seminars. John Morgan's a good friend of mine, um, who he and I both studied with Dave Dobson, the aforementioned. And um, Dave was a great hypnotist. And uh, he taught people like me and John and others who became pretty good hypnotists also. And John developed this program where he would uh, go around the country and do uh, seminars for weight loss, hypnosis seminars for weight loss and hypnosis seminars for smoking cessation. And because John was an ex-radio DJ, he figured out this, this, uh, this means whereby he'd make commercials for radio stations and they'd advertise these things. And um, suffice to say, it worked out very, very nicely. But then John got to a point where he didn't like traveling uh, bad knees or whatever the reason was, but he, he didn't want to be doing the seminar. So he called me up and asked me if I would uh, sit in for him. And I did for seven years. I was doing that. It was, it was a really fun gig going around from city to city to do these seminars for people, especially since, you know, I, I love doing seminars, but the other stuff, the logistics, you know, getting all the bodies in the seats, you know, that's, that's hard work. And he was doing that part for me. So it was great. I just had to show up and, and do the seminars. So I did this for a number of years. And somewhere along the line, not sure exactly when I started doing it, but I, once I started, I continued doing it. At one point along the line, I, I pointed out to people that uh, the greatest hypnotist in the world was visiting with them that day, that they had been introduced today to the greatest hypnotist in the world. That's what I said to them. I said, and they kind of chuckled to themselves thinking I was talking about me being all, you know, egotistical or something. I said, yeah, but it's not me. I said, it's that person sitting in your chair right now. That person sitting right behind your belly button is the greatest hypnotist in your world. The way you talk to yourself makes your reality in a very real way. The way you talk to yourself is critically important. And I'm leaving town tomorrow. I would tell them as a hypnotist in the the building, I'm leaving town tomorrow, but your brain, your mouth, your head is staying here with you. And the way you talk to yourself will override any hypnosis that I do. So talk to yourself in a good way. Talk to yourself in a way that I can do this. I will do this. I will make this happen. Have that sense of congruency in your voice. So you say the right words in the right way with an optimal physiology to make that happen. So that's kind of it for today. Kind of it for the modal operators of necessity and possibility. But notice, please, when your clients are using these, because they will be using these, they will be using these all the time. Because why? People use these all the time you'll probably begin to start being aware of them now. you probably start noticing them in your client's language when you talk to them and say, yeah, I really want to get this done. You want to? You want to get this done? Yeah, I should. I should, you know, be really good if I did. Yeah, I would, wouldn't it? So what's stopping you? So I don't know. But listen to what they're saying and how they're saying it. 
get them to find the modal operators that make them motivated to actually do what they say they should do. I will do it. It's done. It's done. Right? Find out what works for them. It's done as a modal operator. So I will do it. I can do it. I must do it. I shall do it. Shall kind of antiquated, but maybe, maybe that works. Find out. Find out what works for you and talk to yourself that way. Thanks for listening. Well, that does it for another episode of the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I certainly enjoyed having you here. Hey, if you want more information about Sleight of Mouth, you can find it at EssentialCoachingSkills.com, or you might even check out SleightofMouth.org. That's a nice website, too. Thanks. Stay safe. Stay curious. <laughs>